Irish NFL show. Firstly, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate all our listeners. If you are enjoying the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we would massively appreciate it. Also, reach out to us on social media. We love interacting with listeners and with fans from wherever you are in the world. And with that said, on with today's episode. Welcome into the Irish Elephant Show, turning our attentions away from our divisional previews, NFC, AFC, to welcome back a former guest of the show, an Irish native from County Carnot, Paul Gorman, professional footballer for Welcome Football Club. Paul, it's great to have you back on the show. Yeah, it's great to be back on us. Uh, love love all the work you do. It's great. I've said to you the last time, it's always good for the commute and having something to listen to on the way up, especially on a Monday, a Monday morning travelling down. If I couldn't stay up for the late games uh, with the early travelling, so no, it's, it's great to be back. The last time we spoke to you, you were on loan at Exeter. Obviously, things have tra- transitioned over the past, over the course of a year and a half, maybe or so, and you've had a a really good season at Woking. I know you were unfortunate to, I suppose, get promoted. You finished fourth, knocked out in the playoffs. But you yourself, personally, you've had a really strong season, player of the year awards, and you have 49 appearances, 48 starting, and a good goal return. You personally, you know, where you are in terms of your career, you seem to be in a good spot at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, that little time at Exeter was, was brilliant. We ended up getting promoted, and it was a, it was a great little, probably, spell for me as well maybe learning a little bit more um off the pitch from the manager at the time um and in in more of a mentoring role with with the younger players because of how good they were doing like to be fair there was not much else i could do to get into the team or when i got in i could i've done my done my job and um i enjoyed that side of it as well but obviously you want to play as much as you can and, and that was why i went to walking last year and as i said i i, I played for for started 48 games out of 50 um, played him 49 came on and didn't come on in the last one uh, just because the manager said to me the playoffs were on the Wednesday and we, we couldn't go up or, or move up the position or down the position and he, didn't, he just rested me so I probably would have I was fit to play in every game um, which is brilliant to be able to say at my age um, I suppose that's probably it's been really key in my career being fit throughout the majority of my career Touchwood um, you know I've always been lucky in, in that sense so yeah, had a really good year. Enjoyed it, um, and, and just just enjoying it all now for as long as it lasts. You never know when it does, when it is going to finish. But I'm enjoying it still. Yeah. Well, you know, from growing up in Ireland, which a community and the local community in particular, you know, when it's GAA or football means to people like the club, you kind of get the sense on the outside looking in. It's a real kind of local club, kind of at the heart of the, the local area. I mean, is that sense that you get from the people within the club and just a general kind of fan? the good vibe about the place yeah look there's in the area there's there's loads of big clubs within a within a small area um you know put half an hour radius anywhere outside of dublin in 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 ireland and then there's no clubs really close by put half an hour radius around walk and then you could have 10 15 professional clubs um so they're all fighting against each other you know you know we we um we train, we train in, in Surrey, uh, sports university now, and then that's where enough, not far from where Chelsea train, and so like that's obviously the little, a lot of people grow up and they want to support Chelsea around there, and 
so you, you do get you do get that sense. You do it is a it's a smaller club in, in compared to the rest of them, but there's a great community feel about it, and, and with the owners that have come in, the, the American owners, um, you know they've been brilliant for us as well, and they give the manager a full say and, and and everything, and and they don't claim to be experts at football, but they let the manager deal with all that side of it, and the proof is in the pudding, I suppose, with what he's done since he's come in, he's been brilliant, and he's he's moved the club to the next level, and the hardest thing is to get to the next level again, which is getting out of the National League and into the Football League, and when you're up against teams with huge budgets, um, it's very, very difficult to do. But we did um we, we did ourselves proud last year. Throughout the season, maybe we let ourselves down a small bit in the playoff game, but you know, it was just maybe one game too far for us with, with the, the the small squad we had and that shows what you're fighting against. Um, you know, for for Walker to finish that high in the league, their highest position ever, to finish in the playoffs for the first time. Um was a great achievement for us all and look now it's there for us to build on for next year the pressure is on us now because we've done it one year it's now you have to try back it up and maybe go to the next level again yeah you touched on american ownership i'm going to come to that obviously the wrexham story in particular but um having seen wrexham and Notts county being promoted do you, do you feel that there's you don't put too much pressure on the team obviously you finished fourth and you've had a fantastic season but the the teams i suppose you're referring to with the big budgets that have now gone up and it's more of a level playing field, essentially, for the teams that are left behind in the league. Do you feel that this is a great opportunity for the team next year to potentially be in a position to come next May, they will be getting promoted into League Two? It, it, it's difficult because... It's difficult just, be, just because, you know, Wrexham and Notts County had top-end budgets. Obviously, Wrexham's budget blows everyone out of the water. But then you still got the likes of a Chesterfield there and you've got Hartlepool have come down um, Rochelle have come down Epsfleet have come up who have a decent budget as well so I think every other team is going to see it as an opportunity as well so maybe that's other in the last couple of years when Wrexham and Notts County were still there with the money they had maybe some teams held back a bit um, and thought you know it's going to be really really hard to get that get to that level um, so if we hold back a little bit and when they do go if they do go up in the next year or two if we consolidate our position and save a little bit of money here and there, we can have a right go in a couple of years' time and maybe that's what's going to happen this year. I think probably the hardest thing for us is to back it up now. Um, last year, you were, we were an unknown quantity kind of coming into it. Um, some people would have tipped us from the outside maybe to maybe sneak into the playoffs, but I don't think Manny would have uh, given us the, the, the chance of doing what we did, finishing with the points total we did and and being as strong as we were throughout the season. Um, so every, every team is going to probably think the exact same with, with Wrexham and Notts County going up. Um, the hardest thing, I suppose, for, for anyone is that it is only one automatic promotion place um, and then the playoffs are a lottery. Um, you know, obviously, Notts County went up last year and, and you know, they finished second in the league, but I think in the semi-final, they were a minute, minute away from going out against a team who finished 35 points or 40 points below them and it, it just shows you how hard it is, and it's uh, everyone was saying it's, it'd be unfair if they didn't go up or or anything like that. But that's not how it works. Everyone knows the rules at the beginning of the year, and it doesn't matter how many points you accumulate. If you finish second or you finish seventh, you've got the exact same chance of getting promoted. It's all back to square one then, and they've they've done it, and they they, they stuck up this year. And if you know they they've been they were unlucky that they came up against the Rexford side in the league with the points total they had and everyone else's as well because I think our points total would have won the league a couple of years as well in the last five, six years I think someone said to us so 
just shows how well we've done as well and Chesterfield to finish you know that 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 high up in the league with those points totals but then equally to still finish so far behind Wrexham who just ran away with and that's county ran away with the league yeah, you talk about Nats County and last minute equalizers in the playoffs. They were down twice at the game of Wembley, won on penalties against Chesterfield. It was, it was so close. Um, obviously over here, the National League doesn't get, I suppose, the exposure. It probably deserves because of some of the games in which I saw last year, in particular that one on Easter Monday when Ben Foster makes that penalty save against Nats County, like a really entertaining. And anybody who's going to follow the Wrexham story, oh, let me join the as a parent of the Rexham program, because this isn't just overnight, this is three or five years, and as a player within the league, this is just the whole body's blessing. You're going to get the parents within the recognize that. And I suppose this is all walks of life. You probably were seeing it in League of Ireland at the time. There was clubs like Shelburne at the time, and other clubs that would have financial backing from other people that Rovers at the time didn't. And it's the same in England, with, even in the Premiership, we're seeing it today with potential takeoffs of, of clubs. I mean, is that a frustration piece that I suppose this is an NFL podcast and we look at the NFL and there's a salary cap and there's kind of speculation now that the Premiership are looking at potential reviewing how the salary structure works. Is it as a player who really gives 100% every week, kind of frustrating? That you have a situation with Wrexham that they've an, un, an unearthly budget to work with and they bring in players from two leagues up and give them salaries that just welcome can't match? Uh, not really, no. Like, I've been a former Newport County player and Wrexham being our, one of our big rivals and you know you expect me to say bad things about, about Wrexham, but genuinely, I, I, everything they've done there has is, is been fantastic. I have to praise them a lot look they've spent a lot of money to put the money where the mouth is but they've done an awful lot off the pitch um you know they've bought the stadium back they've re- re- redone the, the stand behind the goal now has been done and and they're putting a lot of money into the infrastructure of the club and 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 to actually build in the club's profile as well um and we'd all love it if it was our club they were doing it to let's be honest with you um you know they, they don't look like they're going anywhere soon they're not in it just to make a quick book or anything like that they just do they're in it because they genuinely have bought into the whole um fact that there was a big big club with a, with a strong history and a strong following that was a sleeping giant at that level and i ge- i honestly think they'll find it easier really two this year than they've found to get out of the national league for the last couple of years just because like i said only one team gets promoted um, they are able to spend whatever money they, they want to spend because the sponsorship deals that are coming in are, are brilliant for them. Like they signed a deal with United Airlines last week. Um, they obviously had TikTok last year. Ryan Reynolds Aviation Gin. You know, it's 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 brilliant, but it's great exposure for all of us as well that we're in that league, and we'll the, the league will miss them as much as everyone will in the league will go. Oh, it's great to see the back of them because we have all got a chance to to be promoted now that we're not fighting against um, all the money that they have to spend. But the, the coverage of the league is going to drop now because of that. And then you're going to see a massive coverage in League 2 now, probably more in League 2 than what you would have seen in maybe in, in League 1 last year as well. And it'll be interesting to see how many games Sky do put this year that will be live games from from um, Wrexham or, or involving Wrexham. Um, 
just because they know they're going to get the the exposure of it. You know, they, they know they've bought into the the American market hugely with the documentary, and you see them going on preseason over there to to America as well, and um, they're playing. I think Man United and Chelsea and Philadelphia Union as well, and like it's not. It's, they're doing brilliant stuff for the club. They they deserve all the credit they're getting from the ownership side of it. Um, again, people will will have a go at them because it's it's not a rags to riches story. It's it's just the richest to riches story, really. And um, in terms of you know teams in this league, again, I think you mentioned about how they were able to spend more than everyone else, but it still took them two three years to get out of the league from when the ownership took over because. It's such a difficult league to get out with just the one position, and they got beat in the playoffs last year, uh, or the year before last by Grimsby late on again. And you know they had to go out and and, and overspend and to get players in, and and on top of that, the pressure that deals with that as well, uh, or the pressure that comes with that as well, is is huge because players are coming in on big money, and they've got to produce what they what they have, um, what they're expected to, and they've got a record points total last year, and. You know, the ones, like I said, the, the ones you do feel sorry for last year are the Notts County who would have won, I think I saw a stat not long ago, that in the top five leagues in Europe, they would have, or in the, sorry, in the t- top five leagues of England and in every league in Europe, they would have won every league that's ever been played apart from this year with their points total. They had more points than anyone else. So they the second highest points total of in history of football and they didn't even win the league. So um, it's crazy when you look at it like that. But look, I, I think Wrexham deserve a lot of credit for, for what they've done. Um, a lot of people will be annoyed at the coverage they do get, but they've got that coverage because of the owners they have and and they've they've marketed it very well. Um, some of the social media videos they pull up are, are brilliant. Um, but yeah, so it'll be it'll be sad for the league to, to lose them, but it's going to be huge for, I suppose, the, the, the football league getting them now and You'll probably there'll definitely be a live game between Wrexham and Salford next year with the the Man, Man United owners or the Man United players and the and the Hollywood owners. So that'll be interesting yeah. to see how 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 quickly that game is put onto live TV. Yeah, I was just gonna go there with Salford actually because like we've had four or five years of since Salford got up to day two, and I guess it's a similar kind of program which we saw on, on TV. Maybe it's a, it's a different strategy in terms of financially. How do you want to approach things like they've remove the number of different managers and yet this year like they stumble in the playoffs and still like the snake into the playoffs shall I say with a bit of a run at the end but they lose to a team who, who came up from from the National League in Stockport again who like I day the benchmark now you, like Wrexham are always kind of looking at a team and other teams in the National League look at the benchmark of what can we do and if we do get up and like, you see what Stockport have done this year you know with, with and a few Irish players involved as well like there, it's not a case of just getting up and then you'll be straight back down and as you said if they invest the money appropriately in the players that they, they think will keep them in the league it's only probably onward yeah. and upwards and, and when you just one thing when you sorry I was just going to say when you look when you look at Stockport they they again historically a strong club in, in, in English football like you know they were in the championship maybe 25 years ago and and you know they get big crowds and, and because of the big crowds they get similar support Wrexham forget about the Forget about the ownership or the backers. They have, they have money to spend there because they're getting, you know, ten thousand a week or whatever it might be. Bradford or similar. So you get get clubs that have big crowds who can spend big, um, and and then they just when you when a team is used to winning, they just go to the next level. I think the difference with Salford, probably, and this is not trying to criticise any ownership or anything like that. Is initially they went out and spent tried to get the best players in, 
that they could instead of getting the best players to get them promoted um, and playing the, the right way because Salford has grown so quickly as a club. They've almost, as a club, they've outgrew everything else, their structure, their 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 fan base. So going to play Salford away isn't as intimidating as going to play Wrexham away or playing Stockport away. You know, because six, seven years ago, Salford were playing in front of 200 people. Six, seven years ago, Wrexham were still playing in front of, at the worst, maybe seven, six, seven thousand people and Stockport similar. So when you add an extra couple of thousand on top of that, six thousand, but add an extra couple of thousand on top of the 200 at Salford, it's just not as intimidating a place to go as somewhere that has the history of what a Wrexham or a Stockport do have. And I think that's why Salford have struggled to get out at the minute. Now they've changed it. They've gone signing players who are who have been promoted from this level before and they're paying them good money. So now you're going to see a better structure for them and more chance of actually getting promoted. The biggest problem they have is that they're now fighting against the Stockport, to Bradford, uh, uh, a Wrexham and a Notts County. So there's it's going to be a very competitive league next year. Um, and it's going to be very, very difficult for someone to, to get promoted from it, especially someone to come out of nowhere to get promoted. Maybe in the last four or five years, someone has always come from nowhere. An extra week, week came from nowhere to be automatically promoted, even though they've been in the playoffs in previous years. But the budget-wise would have been nowhere near as what everyone else's would have been. So you're going to find it very difficult to see a, a shock run get automatic promotion with the amount of money that, that some of the big clubs who have the big support have to spend. Yeah, it's almost like if you think back to what Salford were doing early on in the programme where they had the two guys, the two same two kind of a joint management situation they couldn't recognise who the right players were within that league and they quickly moved on from that. You see players such as Darren Gibson and others coming in who weren't really fit the profile as you said of what to, what you need in that particular league to get promoted. Um, this has been a really interesting discussion on an NFL show as, if, as opposed to talking about American football. We might just switch gears for a couple of minutes because the both of you are Giants fans. And the last time we had you on was when the Giants were probably at their all-time low in terms of what the level of expectations that came with, with the team. So to see, it's amazing. You've experienced, obviously, on the football side. You get a new manager, you get a new general manager, obviously, in the NFL world. And how quick and teams can change around because even when Dable... And Joe Shane came in last year. There was probably little expectation. They were working with a, t- a cap that was like 40, 50 million over, and they had to essentially make some hard decisions about players that could keep them. How refreshing is that? It's probably the nature of NFL that like every season is so different. And that's probably one of the most enjoyable things about the NFL is there's no real, with the exceptions of these days, or maybe Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs and the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Every year is so different. And you see a year where the Giants come go from being tipped as one of the worst teams to making the playoffs. Like, it makes it more enjoyable as a fan to have your own team compete again. But like, what did you take from last year? And okay, they came up against an Eagles team that were really, you know, I suppose way above the level that the Giants are at. But things are moving in the right direction at last. Yeah, it was, it was nice to sit down and watch a game over Sunday, knowing you had a chance of winning. Um, you know, it, it was it was refreshing, really, really refreshing. And you know, but I um fantasy football with, with uh, a group of friends from back know we played and used to say and to put into the group chat every week we've got a chance this week we've actually got a chance and it started off that way and I got to the stage you're looking and I was looking at the fixtures ahead I'm going there's every chance the, the playoffs are very very reachable here and this was quite early in the season Um, I think it was the Packers that played in London with that, that late play that won the game for them and that was huge at the time forgetting that you know at the time, no one knew how poor the were going to be at that stage. 
um, they were going through a transition themselves. But still, it was a huge win for them. And, and like you said, the, the, the management, there, uh, Brian Dabal, he was just, he's been a breath of fresh air for the place. And, and I suppose the big thing as well last year was that Daniel Jones probably out, outdone everyone's expectations really of what they had. Now, the other problem this year is he's probably been overpaid to, to stay um, at that level. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how to do how that one does work and obviously if they can work out the, the second bar stuff at the minute as well but you know it, it's it's like you say refreshing to actually watch games knowing we've got a chance of winning this and I think one thing that's really the NFL is it kind of works in cycles that your team might go through a, a rough patch for a few years and, and then the, the picks and the draft picks and stuff like that you're able to get back or you can you can reset a team for a couple of years you know spend very money and then you've got your money to spend in a couple of years time and and as long as it's spent wisely, you can go out and do it. Um, and everyone's got a chance every kind of five, six years of having a decent year. It's just about how long you can keep it sustained for and 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 keeping the players happy as well. Um, and then keeping the staff as well. And the staff obviously under under the, the head coach as well. You know, they move around an awful lot. Uh, offensive coaches are very good, end up getting head coach jobs themselves. So... Yeah, it's exciting again go heading into this year. I think it'll be a difficult year this year, though, because of, you know, again, not saying I'm an expert on anything like that, but just reading how difficult this the schedule looks. Um, and obviously, you have, you have got the, the issues with, with Barkley at the moment, and but Darren Waller should be a really good uh, acquisition to the to, to the team and add depth to them as well. So, yeah, excited. Um, maybe it's not a nice thing, or not, not a nice thing, but we're going into a year with a bit of optimism. It's very unusual, um, and I'm. A, it's a little bit scary if I'm being honest with you, because I feel like I'm being getting ready for a big letdown at some stage of the year. No, I, just, I would agree with you on that sort of things. But I look at the schedule, and you're right. Like, do and I, I saw a stat like in terms of what year it was since an NFL team had a difficult schedule as, and I don't think necessarily it's the teams that are playing. It's the fact that the first eight of the first ten games are on the road. I mean, it's just unheard of in the NFL. Now, I know the Giants, by all accounts, put in some requests that it made sense the second game of the season, they're playing the cards. So why would you travel back and having to go back out there again to play the 49 instead of play Sunday and Torsey and stay out west? So maybe that will benefit them. Maybe you know, they can stay out there. So now, Ash on Daniel Jones, you touched on the data contract because, you know, when the season ended and people were suggesting he's going to get a new contract, which was inevitable compared to mind the play he had. And to kind of, people kind of, some people think it's because he's a quarterback who's just never had helping hand and now that he has he's, he's shown the caliber in which he has other people think he fits into the system in which Brian Taylor wants to play and it started at 30 million and then all of a sudden this 40 to 45 million was being quoted and people are going to come that's absolute madness but in the end he got it and the part of me kind of feels what was the alternative because there was very little available in free agency maybe Derek Carr who was released for the Raiders but I'm not sure he would have fit into what Dable wants like did you see it as one is it it was inevitable and there was no choice for it. They just had to run with it. Or did you and did you think it was more of he has the skill set and the attributes to be a great quarterback? It's just finding the right coach to get it out of him, or is it more the skill set in terms of the structure of how they want to play an offense that's going to benefit? Well, I, I, a couple of things. So the first one, because they didn't think it be his fifth year option, I thought you know fair play to him. He deserves every penny he gets for going out and having the year he had with the pressure that was on top of people saying if they didn't have a good year. You know what was next for him, so for him to go do what he did, you know, forget about being a Giants fan, forget anything else. 
I love seeing people rewarded when they back themselves. Um, and, and, you know, he deserves it all for that side of it is, you know, you're, you're tied in for a long time now, but if he's developing under the first year under the head coach was that good from two years previous to last year, what's the next step going to be with better players involved as well with a, with a, a, a good handling on what, what the, what the, the offense coordinators are going to be like and, and what way to play. And, and I suppose probably one thing that was probably really helped them as well was how aggressive uh, Brian Debole was with um, with with his decisions late in games. That gave him the opportunity to win games that that obviously they don't. But if they don't do it, then you have a completely different uh, conversation when it comes to the end of the year. So if if he was if they wanted to give him the money and and tie him down for that length of time you know if you like you mentioned the Derek Carr or something like that how long does Derek Carr come in before you need to reset everything again um with another QB but um I don't know look I, th- I think it gets exciting I hope he I hope he can go back it up though um but there is going to be a lot of pressure on him this year um like you say with the with the with the schedule being so difficult and and having that many games away from home first of first of all like you know, you could get into a situation if things don't start right, then there's pressure straight away, and you know you could end up four games in having lost three and won one or whatever, maybe even lost four, um, and then all the questions start coming back again, and you don't have the comforts of going, well, we've got three home games in a row coming up, but we don't have four of the next six games at home until it's too late, nearly when the season might be already over, um, but it's again like I said to you, you're going into a season with optimism. Um, and it's not very every year that that happens, and 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 that's that's unusual. Um, at this in the last kind of ten years, maybe seven, eight years, definitely. Um, as a Giants fan to have, so it's good to see. And um, I hope he does back it up. Um, and I hope it's not a wasted waste of money that's that's been spent. But again, I have no problem with him getting paid because he did he did um back himself, and and there was a lot of pressure on him. And I think he'd done something that no one expected of him, really. Um. Even though he had the the, the skill set to do it, and I think he's he's running ability as well. It's huge the way the 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 seem the the quarterback has changed in the last five six years. You you almost need a quarterback that can run now as well. So that that's huge for the for the organization as well. Yeah, I think it's only kind of been recognised now quite a bit running quarterback he is because you see all the various different running quarterbacks in the league with Lamar and other guys. We we touched on this offline before we started recording around how the NFL is a twelve months year business these days you know it's not there's very little downtime to so many starters in the off season so a caveat this one with if you're to is there two teams outside the eagles and chiefs that you look at this season go geez they could really make a push for next season like team, i suppose every, the obvious one is probably the Bengals. was there anyone that you look at and go got to be interested to see what comes of it this year and we're probably one of the most interesting teams i don't think we're at the level where we're going to be going for a super bowl but is there any other teams that you throw into the mix that you think keep an eye on them this season not not to win the Super Bowl or anything like that, but I'm curious to see what where the Lions end up again this year because they were the real feel good story of last year and and how they they done what they done and and then obviously you throw the Jets in as well with Aaron Rodgers going there and that's going to be like really really interesting to see how he settles in there and with the the young rookies that they had last year um if Bruce Hall can get back with with from his injury and be as explosive as he was early in the season last year um. But like it's it's just it's so difficult at this stage of the year, I think, because so much can still happen. Um, 
between everything. But with the, with the Lions, the Lions and the Jets, and then obviously the other side of the Jets is the, is the Packers with, with Rodgers leaving them. What way are they really going to be now? And are they just resetting everything for a couple of years? Or are they actually, you know, going to surprise everyone again this year? So I think it's it, it's exciting to kind of watch the, the, the rest of the build-off. Like you said, it's a 12-1 thing now, and it's so hard to keep up with everything because stuff literally happens every hour, every day, and it can change how how um you know the whole team can look at like with the, you mentioned it offline again with the Stefan Diggs stuff and you know again it's are the if the Bills are ever going to do it they need to do it quite soon because you know they're starting to run out of time with, with, with some of the players and, and and players won't be happy and they'll want to go to places where they're going to win rings and stuff like that. So I think like, I don't think the Lions or the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl or anything like that. I don't think that but I just I'm I'm very interested to see if they can build off last year's kind of kind of um, success that they have, similar to the Giants as well, um, but there's probably a little bit more with with the with the lines taken away from the fact that quite a few of them got suspended with for betting stuff and and all that. So that's probably the last thing they wanted when they were everyone's kind of they almost became everyone's team last year because they were doing something that no one was expecting of them, and, and then they've gone against it this year with with the lads getting suspended. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah, we- Williams wide receiver suspended for the for the four or six games. Um, every NFL fan in Ireland and in the UK has a kind of a story around how they kind of facilitate the NFL on a Sunday night. You know, we spoke about having young children and stuff. In terms of logistics now for you going to training on a Monday and stuff, like I remember, I recall the last time you were saying about having to travel to Exeter and how difficult it was to stay up late on Sunday nights. I mean, is life easier for you now in terms of getting the opportunity to watch Red Zone on a Sunday night like every NFL wants to, but in terms of What's ahead of you the next day? Um, probably not, but because uh, walking is is two hours away, so I still live in the Newport, so I'm still traveling now. And the only thing is, on the Monday we usually start at twelve o'clock because I'm traveling, and there's a couple of other lads traveling, so the manager's quite good with us at that. So, um, so yeah, and and I suppose the good thing now is myself, and my wife, we've just had a baby in the last two weeks, so. By the time the night feeds come, I'll be probably very very interested in doing night feeds of us of us. Thursday night, Saturday night, and then, or it's Thursday night and a Sunday night, um, and maybe a Monday night as well because it'll be hitting it right at the right time for for the the live football as well. Um, so it's um it's great. Look, sitting down and watching Red Zone on a, on a Sunday evening is is brilliant. And you know, for any even like I we I got into watch it almost really really casually with with the uh, with the fantasy football and stuff like that. It's just a really good way of being interested in almost every game as well. Um, and like I said, we've we've a group of lads who play it back home, and it's 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 brilliant. We just obviously great slap during the week, and it keeps it it keeps it all interesting, and and it's just it's just brilliant watching. I think Red Zone is just probably one of the best best uh, programs there is on TV. The way they do it, the way it's produced, how you can see everything, and I think I think I might have mentioned this the last time before, but I really think the GA need to do like it. I think everyone says it every time. Red Zone starts in the first two games of the season. It's like all you see on your timeline is the GA need to do this. The GA need to do this. This will be brilliant for and national football league games and and whatnot. It's just a really good way of, of of being interested in everything that's happening. Then obviously the the more interested you do get, the more you sit down and watch your own team play. The more the more you get in depth on other stuff, and it's just it's just great. It's brilliant, and I love watching it. And it's just 
it's just yeah, like I said, it's 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 not too bad with the traveling and 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 all that because of the time we start on Monday. But with the baby now, it'll be very handy sitting up and and offering to do the night feed on that times. And my wife will, she won't listen to this, but she'll be thinking, oh, that's really nice. You're you're doing extra things and whatnot. So yeah, I I'll vouch for it. I've been there wearing a t-shirt. It's a, it's a good strategic move, and uh, you get ultimately to see as much as the action is as you possibly can. Um, congratulations on the new baby. I should have said that very early on in the show. And look, you've been a very good supporter of the Irish NFL show over the course of the last few years, been on this year, second time on. We really appreciate the support and we wish you the best of luck for our next season with Woke and obviously with the personal uh, new new uh, new child to the family. And we really appreciate your time tonight, Park. As always, thanks very much. Thanks very much, Laz.